Chris Ryle Wright in Tight Shorts, The Greatest Stories Never Written. Hello and welcome back again to another episode of Tight Shorts. This is Chris, it's good to see you. This week's episode is sponsored by Canada, home of Canadian food. This week's story is Knock Knock, Shrivel Shrivel. Twins are hard to tell apart. It is a common misunderstanding that parents of twins, or twins themselves, or friends of twins, find it easy to distinguish one from the other. The logic seems to be that if you gave birth to a twin, befriend a twin, or are indeed yourself a twin, or twins, that somehow you have an inbuilt recognition, something to distinguish one from the other, as if they were separate entities. Modern reasoning suggests that they are, but it is still hard to distinguish exactly what it is that sets one twin apart from another. Imagine if you yourself were a twin. Imagine looking in the mirror and having two of yourself looking back. Imagine walking down the street and wonder if the person waving at you is waving at you at all, or your brother in the next town. Luckily for Jerry, he wasn't a twin, and he had none of these concerns. In fact, Jerry Altman was the only child of Stephen and Sally Graham. He was assigned a different surname at birth to protect him from the scurrilous rumours of his parents' incest. The rumours were, of course, true. They were siblings, but they didn't want this to affect his growing up or his school life. Jerry had come from a long line of lawyers, doctors and Indian chiefs. The family were well-respected and well-to-do. He didn't struggle at school and he didn't want for anything, except perhaps friendship. Certainly he'd formed fleeting bonds with people of a similar nature. There was Hex Dragon, his friend from cooking classes, who'd always laugh about how easy it was to make a bolognese and how Jerry couldn't pronounce bolognese and he'd always say, There was Lucy Scarlet, the first girl he ever kissed, and Shelley Kiss, the first girl he ever hit. But there's only one friend he could recall having a long and meaningful bond with. That was Clay Oven. Clay was so much fun. A slightly mysterious boy on campus. A little aloof, perhaps, but always full of wonder. He always knew the right things to say. One day, Jerry had fallen over in a playground and cut his knee. Clay was the first person there. He sucked out the poison and sent Jerry on his way. Then there was the time that Jerry had his drink spiked. Someone had put vodka into his orange juice and Clay rushed to attention and sucked out the poison from Jerry's lips. Then there was that time after swimming when Jerry couldn't get his trunks clean, and Clay rushed over and sucked out the chlorine. Sadly, as they grew up, they grew apart. Clay wasn't treated particularly well by the other boys. They would call him weirdo, and twatface, and ugly bastard. But Jerry felt too young, too ill-equipped to defend his friend. And anyway, sometimes Clay invited it on himself. He was well known to be a spoonbender, although you couldn't call him that now. And he would ruin people's cutlery just by trying to entertain and impress people who didn't really want to know him. 
and when Clay would come round to visit Jerry, Jerry would look out the window and hope that one of the other boys didn't catch them. But now, sitting in his apartment, looking over Sunset Boulevard, Jerry wondered, Is Clay out there? Could I find him? Could I possibly make amends? Life had become difficult for Jerry of late. He'd not long moved into this apartment. It had cost him an arm and a leg. And the water didn't work, and the heating didn't work, and he couldn't get a word out of his landlord, Mr. Mysterious. That was his name. On all the paperwork, it was signed off, Mr. Mysterious. But he'd moved in, because it was such a prestigious building, and his family expected it of him. But what the hell, he thought. I'm going to see if I can find Clay. So he brought himself a computer, and he searched for his old friend, Clay Oven. Tight Shorts The search results came in. How to make a clay oven. How to buy a clay oven. How to recognise a quality clay oven. In fact, Jerry brought himself a clay oven, his own oven having given up the ghost a matter of weeks before. Aha! He found him. It was definitely him. His old friend. He recognised that face anywhere. How the light tripped off his gangly ears that watery glaze in his eyes, the sad, forlorn frown on his broken teeth. Jerry looked closely. Where was Clay living? Could it be true? Am I reading this right, he thought? Clay lived but two doors down from where Jerry resided. Two doors down in the literal sense, because Jerry was on floor 23, and Clay was on floor 21. Their rooms would have been in the exact same spot, overlooking the exact same area of Sunset Boulevard. How long had they shared this view? How long had they been looking, perhaps forlornly, out of these windows, wondering where their old friend was? He pondered for a moment the wisest course of action. Should he turn up unannounced, or send him a note beforehand to warn him? No, he thought, where's the fun in that? So he put on his best vest, and walked out to the elevator. He stood outside of the door, took a deep breath, and knocked twice. There was a moment of quiet. He heard some movement inside, and then the door opened. There he was. Clay Oven. They instantly smiled. My goodness, said Clay. That face is a blast from the past. Come here, said Jerry, and they embraced. Clay ushered in his old friend, and Jerry looked around. Clay's apartment was beautiful, pristine. There was no damp on the walls. There was no broken floorboards. It was warm, just the right warmth for that time of year. The taps in the kitchen all worked. They went from hot to cold smoothly. There was no juddering or steam. He had a dishwasher, and the lights worked. The toilet flushed with each attempt. Can I stop you there? said Clay. I'm not sure what you're doing, but I have to pay for this water. Sorry, said Jerry, and Jerry explained his situation. I just can't seem to get hold of the landlord. Do you have the same landlord, 
Mr. Mysterious? <laughs> Laughed Clay. You fool. Mr. Mysterious is me. I am your landlord. Jerry picked up a mug from the surface and dropped it. It shattered. How could you have been so blind? Of course, Clay was Mr. Mysterious, the boy at school who nobody understood. Mr. Mysterious was even an anagram of Clay Oven. I am your landlord, and all the things that have been going wrong with your apartment are my doing. For every tap that broke, for every hob that burst into flames, that was me exacting my revenge for all those years of bullying at school. But, 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 Clay, I never bullied you. I was your friend. You think I don't know that? You think I care about some idiot who hated me at school for no reason and didn't know me? Do you think I care for the girls who shunned me because it wasn't cool? No, I only care about the friend who let me down. So for every water balloon that was thrown at my house, you will have a leaking faucet. For every fire that was set in my locker, you will have a broken hob. For every eyebrow that was plucked from my nose, you will have a threadbare carpet. Jerry was absolutely devastated. I'm going to leave now, Clay, because I fear if I stay, then I will hurt you, and I will become that bully. You already are a bully. You don't stand up for the people you love. Jerry left, confused, hurt. He wanted to help Clay. He considered the best options. Now he was older and he had the strength to maybe do something for him. He took up the matter at the next residence meeting, where it was unanimously agreed that Clay would be removed from the building, and in time, after a short investigation, he was incarcerated. Next time on Tight Shorts. Hitler's Hymen Dispatches from the Front Line. You have been listening to Chris Ryle Wright in Tight Shorts. Follow, share, and subscribe for more. Music by Rob Joy with the voice of Jody Elms. <laughs>